Hello, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Anything fun or new over in your neck of the wind? Oh, we've been having lots of snow. We had like a mini thaw. I don't even know when this is going to air. Probably not too long, like maybe in a few weeks from now. Um, but we had like in February slash early March. Well, it is early March. February, we had like a mini breakup here in Anchorage where Mm -hmm. we, and we had the worst road conditions I have ever seen. It was like inches of ice, like six to nine inches of ice built up with huge ice potholes. And you can't do anything about that. You can put like stuff on the roads, you can do what you want. And, but those big potholes of like Mm -hmm. their puddles were just opening up everywhere. So it was a mess, but now we got like a bunch of snow over the last few days so it's kind of filled some of that in and they've like scraped over yeah. it. So I'm thankful, thankful for that. And plus we get a little mini end of winter, winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in like kind of record breaking snowfall in a lot of areas around mm-hmm. the state. It's a little bit crazy. It is. Well, today we're going to be chatting about the role of prayer in decision-making, which I think is hilarious that we're on however many episodes and we haven't done one specifically on this yet. It is. It's very funny. And I, even when I had this, you know, written out as a topic, I had to go back and make sure, cause we've talked about yeah. it many times in the context of different topics, but we've never had an episode dedicated mm-hmm. to this. And I think a lot of times about searchability And, you know, people that are going through stuff, we hear all the time from listeners that are like, yeah, I just Google, or I mean, I just type in, you know, search through or scroll through to see if the Mm -hmm. question I have is addressed in your podcast episode. And if we just kind of piggyback it off another topic, someone really looking for some answers, or at least a Mm -hmm. discussion on this might not find it. Absolutely. This is so important. And this is such a just a cornerstone of what it means to be a praying Christian woman, you know, taking your decisions to the Lord, knowing how to pray about those, how to hear from him. I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, I can start off with our prayer or our verse of the day and our prayer. So let's open up. Perfect. God, thank you so much for letting us be here again for another topic. Thank you for this important topic. For whatever reason, this is the day that we're supposed to be recording it. We just pray that you would go before us, that you would direct our conversations, that you would help keep, help us to keep things biblical and where we go off on our own opinions, that we wouldn't say anything that would mislead anyone and and that we would just have an open and honest conversation about our own questions about this issue and that you would just guide us and direct us. And Lord, we just pray that you'd be glorified in this time. And for anyone listening who is facing a tough decision right now, we pray for them, God. You say that if anyone lacks wisdom, that you are there to give it to them. And and we just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our verse of the day is Isaiah verse uh, th- chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I love that. That's such a comforting verse for me. It just like gives this picture of kind of what not to spoiler of, you know, how I think of decision-making <laughs> um, obviously it's a process and I'm, I've got so much to learn, but the way I picture it is that no matter what you do, like if your heart is bent toward doing God's will, I just can't imagine that he would let you just totally fail and flounder in decision-making. And so it's this picture of partnership, like whether you turn to the right or the left, he's going to be redirecting and directing and guiding. Mm -hmm. I love that picture. Yeah. I think some people approach decision-making with, you got the one chance to make the one right choice, (laughs) you know, whether it's what college should I go to, um, you know, big decisions, what job should I take? What, you know, even like, should I date this person or not? And on the one hand, yes, God's, plans for our lives have been preordained. He knows, you know, when you and Matt were dating, he knew that Matt was the one that you were supposed to marry, but there also wasn't this, like, let's say that you woke up on a Tuesday and Matt said, Hey, do you want to go out on Friday? And you said, no, can we do Saturday instead? It's not like 
one thing is going to derail God's purposes, (laughs) you know, and sometimes Christians can look back with huge regrets. You know, what if I had done this one thing? What if this had been different? And I think the encouragement is God is so much bigger, even if it's a mistake, you know, even if it's a, I went out and got drunk and committed a crime kind of mistake. Uh, There's, yeah, there's a place to regret that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you hadn't done that, you might be suffering the consequences now, but it's not as though there's one path and the second you veer off that path that you're doomed to never be used by God again. You know, and so I like that too, whether you turn to the right or to the left. So we think about the Christian walk is this like straight, narrow path. And so I think there's a lot of grace in that verse too, whether you turn to the right or to the left, even if you venture off the path, God is going to be directing your steps. And so I would say my biggest hope from this is a, if people are faced with a big decision right now, that this episode might give them some clarity and B, that it would help all of us to feel just a little bit more relaxed. You know, like I remember when one pastor was asked, like, do you believe that there's only one right person for everybody to marry? And that's, I mean, that's a loaded question. And I think even you and I have thought about this, but what I loved what he said was like, okay, let's say that there is only one person for you, like one person and one person only for everybody in the whole world. What that means is that if one person makes a mistake, (laughs) that throws off the entire, um, the entire thing. And right. I do believe that God, you know, especially when it comes to spouse, I believe God has a person for us, but there's also this sense of, like I said, it's not like you're going to do one thing and you're going to miss, miss God's plan. And then the entire world is going to be upset because Johnny married Susie when Johnny was really supposed to marry you. And now the person who was supposed to marry Susie marries, you know, like <laughs> it's not quite like that. It's not a domino effect. <laughs> no. And that doesn't align with this picture of God as this magnificent transcendent right person or being, uh-huh. I mean, it, yeah. that's more of like a house of cards. It kind is, of thing. you know, like, like, you know, imagine Michael showing up like, Oh no, God, like red alert, Susie, Mary, Johnny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then now all of heaven is, yeah, thwarted. all of heaven is scurrying around trying to fix that one cosmic mistake. And yeah, so there's, there's, peace that can come from decision-making too. Mm -hmm. One thing that's interesting that I had never taken from this Isaiah passage is it says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And I know that there are other verses that talk about your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, Mm -hmm. you know, that we do get direction in the forward from Mm -hmm. God. But this particular passage is kind of like a you're going to have to go to the right or the left first in this case. And you're going to hear the voice behind you. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, like that it's kind of giving you this piece. Now I'm not saying that's the only Mm -hmm. piece because someone could run with this and say, it's choose your own adventure, do whatever you want. And then God didn't tell me that I shouldn't, you know, whatever. (laughs) Right. But it's, it's an interesting facet. And so put together with all the other things we know about God and how he does call us, he does direct Mm -hmm. us. Sometimes he does give us really specific instructions and callings, but there are these, this, this other part that's kind of whether, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, Mm -hmm. if your ears are attuned to the voice of the shepherd, you're going you're going to hear him. And I love that. And in this verse, the individual in question is already in motion. And Mm -hmm. I think that's important too, because sometimes Christians are kind of taught that you need to wait and do nothing until God gives you the neon sign. And sometimes I think that that's, that's true, right? Mm -hmm. Don't, propose to your girlfriend until God gives you the blinking, like, yes, it is time to do this. Right. But there are other times where I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes we just like, we pray, we wait, but if we don't hear anything like majorly dramatic, we just kind of go. And we assume that God is going to direct us as we go. Because if you think about it in one way, it looks very submissive to say, I'm not going to do anything till God tells me, but in a way, it almost is the opposite. It's making a demand of God. It's saying, God, mm. you must 
come down from heaven. You must give me this sign. You must do it in this time frame. I'm going to sit here and do nothing. So my sort of outlook is pray and then wait. And then if nothing is really, really clear, then you just assume that you have the green light to go ahead and God's going to guide that. But that needs to be done with the submissive heart because otherwise, like you said, you feel like, well, God didn't tell me that I shouldn't, you know, have an affair. Well, actually he did, <laughs> you know, like there's the Bible for that. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that we need to approach this with humble hearts and not make it an excuse to do things that are knowingly sinful or selfish. But once we've kind of covered that caveat, I think there is freedom to take a step forward and trust that God will redirect and recalibrate your course should you need it. Yeah. Well, let's take a step back from the discussion and kind of ask our just for fun question, which is totally in line with the discussion. Can you think of like, what would you say is the hardest decision you can remember having to make or one of them? Oh, yikes. Well, I mean, not to. (laughs) not to take us really down, but at one point we had a conversation with Silas's doctor about signing like basically DNR kinds of forms so that Mm -hmm. if he basically, he was maybe half a year old, he had already been hospitalized about three times by then, including his NICU stay. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it was he had gone through so much medical trauma And we didn't want that to be his entire life. And so, yeah, we had to decide at one point, are we going to keep on um, doing lots of very, very invasive type measures, or are we going to move more toward, um, I think at that point they were calling it like comfort one, um, something like that comfort care. It's not quite palliative care because it wasn't as though he was actively in the process of dying, but it was just, you know, we needed to decide, like, are we going to keep on intubating him every time he needs it? Are we going to, you know, put him because at that point, like, even if he caught a little cold, what that could mean, it would definitely mean he caught pneumonia back then. Mm -hmm. And it could likely mean that the pneumonia would get so bad that he would need to be put into a medically induced coma and put back on a ventilator and then basically just wait and see if his body could recover from that. So that was a, that was a huge decision that we were facing um, a long, long time ago. And for those of you who are newer listeners, he's doing great now and is 14 years old and, and amazing, but that was, yeah, that was lots of hard choices revolving around his care and things like that. Yeah. What about you? I hope you have a happier. (laughs) Well, I have two. The one when you said that, what came to mind, it wasn't really my decision to make, but I was involved in the conversation, um, which was whether to place my mom in a full-time care facility when she was, she had dementia. Um, And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guilt wrapped up in that. There's a lot of, there are a lot of questions. There's a lot of, and I still carry a lot of guilt about different parts of that journey, mostly because I, my dad was the one who shouldered so much of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I wish looking back that I had been able to alleviate that in some, in different ways. But anyway, um, that's another story about regret and <laughs> how God wants That'll us be to deal with that two. stuff. That'll be part two. <laughs> but yeah, that was so hard. And that whole time was hard. And then, um, you know, sim- kind of a parallel is the the big one in terms of just um, wrestling with, with God's will. Um, there were two things with in our marriage, um, you know, with number one was moving here to Alaska, which was a huge mm-hmm. move. Um, and number two was um, whether or not to put our oldest back into public school. Oh, in right. Sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And those two things, we they were neither of those things, none of them, none of the three things, but they weren't clear cut. They were things where I, we were definitely in the position that you're talking about. You talked about earlier about, do you, you know, you're, you're praying like, please, God, I promise you, if you gave me a neon sign, I would do that thing. I mm-hmm. trust that you know, mm-hmm. better than I do. Give me a sign, give me yeah. a, you know, you lay the fleece out, you know, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, show us directly and, and it, 
neither of those things got that kind of response. And it took for like with the move. Well, the one thing that both think both things had in common though, were we went to scripture and basically went separately to reading the Bible and spending time with God and asking for God to reveal what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And in the first case, after that kind of praying and, and reading the Bible, we both came to the same conclusion. Um, but for the second one, we did that and we had opposite things that we Mm -hmm. came away from. Mm -hmm. So we went back to God and went back to scripture, went back to praying and we came back and we had flip-flopped again. It was bizarre. And I got to the point where to be really honest, I was like, is it biblical to cast lots? Like, can I just do Mm -hmm. that? Because that would make it easy. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I, and I know some people listening have been there or are there where it's like, God, you're, why are you silent? And it occurred Mm -hmm. to me as you were talking, um, and now we, we decided to put him back in public school and I look back and he would not have, there were several things that happened, um, that like, but jazz band was something that he Mm -hmm. immediately got involved in Mm -hmm. that, like that is a passion for him. He loves the guitar and he's grown Mm -hmm. so much. And through that, lots of things happen. And so that's a huge thing that I'm like, wow, that never would have happened if we hadn't put him back in public school. But it goes back to what you were saying about sometimes you pray and you get like a, yeah, turn left. Or sometimes you Mm -hmm. pray and you get a turn right. But other times it feels like God is being silent. And we do have an episode on when God is silent. And I think that went into some of our talks about this, Mm -hmm. but what, you know, what if that is this time that this Isaiah 30, 21 time of, whether you turn right or left, you're going to hear God, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason between you and God and between, because he knows the precise conditions that will cause you to grow and flourish. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's not knowing right away. And so you need to take initiative. Cause like in that case, I couldn't just not sign him up for school. I guess the default would have been to leave him in homeschool and not change. So that would have been the, mm-hmm. the passive thing. Um, but you know, it's like, okay, turn, turn to the right or the left and, and then you'll get your next directive or yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's hard though. And I'm not going to say it's not hard, but that's, those times are the ones that I go back to no matter what, I can't believe that if we are going to all this trouble to hear from him, that he wouldn't know that our hearts truly want to do the thing that he wants. Yeah. And it's not going to turn out bad. Like no matter what, even if in the moment, because when, when I, when I signed those papers, signing him up, or I guess it was online, but when I signed him up for public school, I didn't know if that was the right choice. We looked at each other like, we don't know. And maybe one of the things that came out of it was we went from just my husband and I praying to including our son. Like when we couldn't, mm-hmm. this, we're like, yeah. we need to bring him into this. So we did. Right. And we all three prayed. And that was when we came to a consensus. So not to read too much into it, but maybe that was part of the journey was mm-hmm. incorporating him into that decision-making process. I don't know, but I didn't know when I signed him up for public school, whether it was going to work out or whether it was going to be good. But looking back, I can see lots of ways where God went before us and it worked out. So, yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick a bone with you. Cause I know we yeah. just talked about how we never disagree about things. Mm-hmm. So everybody pull out and mark your calendars <laughs> for this what might be, day. what might be our very, very first disagreement. I doubt it will be, it might just be semantics, but let's say you had done exactly what you did and you sent him to school and he had a terrible experience. Let's say right. he, you know, he got really bullied or he Good fell into point. a horrible crowd or, I mean, heaven forbid, there was a mass incident at your son's school while he was there. Right. I think sometimes we read too much. We say, well, God told me that I should do this, or God told mm-hmm. me this was okay. And therefore he's promising that it's all going to work out. That is such a good point. I was just thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so the roads were really bad and I, and we made a decision to drive two vehicles to, you know, a hockey tournament that was relatively far away and Mm -hmm. go back and forth. Anyway, the thought crossed my mind when, when you make a decision like that, 
especially we didn't pray about that decision, but Mm -hmm. what if something like that had happened? What if Mm -hmm. we had prayed about that decision, felt Mm -hmm. led to take two vehicles and heaven forbid something had happened to one of the vehicles. Mm -hmm. Then what do you do with that? Do you look back on that? And do you think, God, where were you? I asked you for guidance. Um, and you didn't give it to me you, or you gave me the guidance that led to this tragedy. How cruel, how cruel could you be? And Mm -hmm. I know people have had things like that where they look back and they're like, but we prayed about this. Why is my son not flourishing? Or why Mm -hmm. did this terrible thing happen to him when we prayed? And Mm -hmm. I know, you know, there've been decisions that we've made that I know that we've had discussions about like, well, was that really right? Because that was a big decision. And this is not what we bargained for. Um, I, I have an example of some friends that were missionaries. Well, they weren't missionaries at the time. They were youth leaders at our church and they felt called to do missions in a foreign country and they prayed about it. They had us praying about it and they finally came to a prayerful decision of what ministry they wanted to partner with. And they sold everything they had. They had all these hurdles and roadblocks in their way, but finally sold everything they had moved there. And it became an abusive, um, ministry situation. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. was, it was a terrible experience for them, traumatic Mm -hmm. for their whole family. Mm -hmm. And they are still in that country and doing amazing ministry with a different group and organization. Mm -hmm. But those questions came up like, why wouldn't you give us that red flag? We Mm -hmm. asked, we, we had, we thought we had discernment about this ministry we were going to partner with. And those questions can come. You are so right. It isn't always the happily ever after, you know, wrapped up with a bow. If you do the right thing, it's going to be sunny and happy. And and you're going to always, I'm so glad you brought that up. And it doesn't mean you heard God wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you prayed wrong. There are, I would say there are different ways you could look into it. You know, in their case, the easiest go-to, which doesn't always mean it's the right answer, but the easiest might be, well, that was a stepping stone for them to get to this other ministry, right? Hey there, it's Jamie. I just wanted to pause the conversation for a minute to introduce you to a sponsor of our podcast, Simply Earth Essential Oils. I've really loved using Simply Earth's essential oils in their diffuser. It looks really nice on my countertop, and walking into a room that smells nice just makes everyone in the house happier. If using essential oils has seemed confusing, or maybe you even have unused oils stored away on a shelf somewhere, I think you're going to love the Simply Earth's essential oil recipe box. How it works is you receive the recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. And then you learn how to use your essential oils while making the recipes created by Simply Earth's certified aromatherapists. And this is my favorite part about Simply Earth. You're buying from a company that changes the world. Simply Earth gives 13% of all of their profits to end human trafficking around the world. I'm pretty sure you'll be amazed at how affordable these high-quality oils are. Not only do they come from the best farms from all over the world, but they're tested by a third party to ensure purity. The essential oils alone would cost over $100 from other companies. But with the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four pure oils, six recipes, and extra ingredients for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more natural goodies. Plus, get a free essential oil diffuser, which I love, when you subscribe using Praying Christian Women's unique link, simplyearth.com slash PCW, as in Praying Christian Women. So don't wait. Visit simplyearth.com slash PCW today to get your free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser. Another way to look at it is, you know, we obeyed God and the outcome is up to him, you know, sort of like in witnessing. It's not as though you're a bad witness if you've told 12 people how to be saved and none of them except God, right? Like you've done the work. And so in that case, you know, you prayed, you surrendered it to God. The outcome is up to him. He's never promised that if we follow him exactly, that there's not going to be trials in the road. Well, no, it's the opposite. If you follow me, there's going to be trouble for you. And there is sin in the world. There is mm -hmm. death. There are people that are going to want to persecute you. 
before mm-hmm. making the decision I'm calling you to. And exactly. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. then where it gets really messy is, you know, let's take your case driving in the bad conditions. Let's say there was a bad wreck and now you've got the guilt of, oh, I didn't pray about this. And that's not going to serve you either. And so yeah. again, I just feel like we need to almost just rest in God's sovereignty. That's not an excuse for us to be fatalistic and passive about our entire life. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that the outcome wasn't correct doesn't mean that God led you wrong. And it doesn't mean that you heard God wrong. And maybe you didn't submit something to God in prayer and the outcome was poor. That doesn't mean necessarily that that's God up there wagging his finger at you saying you should have done it this way. Now, sometimes, yeah, we, we do get God's correction. Sometimes that voice telling us to, to course correct might be as a natural result of mistakes that we made, but within that, we can still know that God is sovereign and loving. He's not up there capriciously waiting for us to do, you know, one degree off course so that he can smite us. Yeah. And, you know, I look back on some of the really horrible decisions I've made in my life and, God, I mean, God is a redeemer and Mm -hmm. he is so big that he uses even those terrible decisions, those sinful choices. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he can actually use those to further his kingdom in the future, whether it's giving you the ability to relate to people in similar situations or, um, using it to make you stronger, you know, mm-hmm. to him who's been forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, something, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not again, should we send more so that grace can abound? <laughs> no, we shouldn't, right. we shouldn't. But I think this is really helpful to see for me. It's been helpful to recognize this in my parenting, mm-hmm. to know that sometimes when it comes to our kids and decision-making we're getting to the age. Now you and I are getting to the age where our kids are getting older. They're beginning to make mm-hmm. decisions for themselves. And yep. I think particularly of the grandparent level where that has to be so hard because mm-hmm. not only are you watching your kids make bad choices, <laughs> or I shouldn't say bad choices. Not only are you watching your children make choices that you don't think are the right decision, you're watching them make those choices for their kids, your grandkids that you love. And I mean, there is so much comfort in resting in God's sovereignty in those kinds of things, whether it's, you know, your children making decisions or your children Mm -hmm. and your grandchildren to say, okay, the same idea of God's sovereignty and God's redeeming grace applies to them too. And absolutely. I've got a great picture of that from someone I know. Um, I've, I've spoken to you about her, one of our pastor's wives from our church in Anchorage who had all kinds of isms. Is this the 90 percenter? (laughs) Yep. yep. I love, I, I, (laughs) I live my life on that. (laughs) And so, um, she had a daughter-in-law who was expecting her very first grandbaby. And the daughter-in-law, and let me just go ahead to say, like, this is not meant to, it turned into, um, should we vaccinate argument. So let's just go ahead and say, Jamie and I see both sides. We love everybody. You're welcome to choose. That's all, (laughs) that's all on the vaccination side. But basically the grandma had lost a sibling. So when, when she was growing up in the fifties or sixties, she had lost a sibling to one of these diseases that is now commonly vaccinated against in infancy. And her daughter-in-law was carrying her very first grandbaby and was not going to do any of the vaccines. And so grandma was of course, like upset by this, but she wrestled with God and she recognized I'm, it's not my place to step in and tell my kids what to do. It's also not my place to break relationship <laughs> with my daughter-in-law over this. And so, you know what, if my grandbaby dies from this disease, that must be within God's will. And she left it to that. And I can't imagine the amount of surrender, especially knowing her personal story, you know, having lost a sibling. Um, but that's what she came to. She came to, 
people are free to make their decisions. And within that is God's sovereignty. And so I think that's something you can hold on to, even if someone close to you is making a decision that you see is bad, (laughs) you know, maybe your husband is saying, we need to move here. And, and you're like, but I don't want to move here. I don't even think that God wants us to move here. You can still trust that, you know, maybe your husband's not even a believer, but Within people making decisions for the wrong reasons, within people um, even sinning against you, there are ways for God's will to still surround and protect you. Well, we went through this when, you know, my husband and I had this, uh, I mean, the the opportunity to move to Alaska came mm-hmm. multiple times and we yeah. thought and prayed said no multiple times and it just kept mm-hmm. coming up and then it finally mm-hmm. came up and it looked like it was really serious. And my husband was more on the, I think we should go side. I was mm-hmm. more on the, I don't know. I'm much more hesitant side. And I, at one point in praying and, you know, we kind of decided, okay, let's separate, let's read and read the Bible and pray. And then we'll come back together mm-hmm. with our choice in my, when we, we came back to get, before we came back together, I was like, I'm not seeing him reading his Bible that much. (laughs) God, I think I'm praying more about this than he is, which of course is so prideful and arrogant. Of course, I don't know what he's doing or if he's praying or how he's praying or reading his Bible, Mm -hmm. but that was me in my humanness. I'm going to lay it all Uh out there, all my ugly stuff. And I was like, I don't really know if he's serious about this. I think he just wants to go. And, uh, and so I was reading this story. I was preparing a lesson because at the time I was the children's ministry coordinator for our Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. I was preparing a lesson for Sunday and it was, uh, I think Samson. Yeah. Yeah. Samson told his parents. And yeah. And he basically, I mean, the Bible basically says, and I hope I don't butcher this, but you go back and read the story of Samson and you'll get the the real picture, but Samson desired a Philistine woman and his parents being Hebrew people were like, no, that's not okay. That we were told not to intermarry. And I don't remember if God said this or if it was a narrative, it was just kind of a narration aside. Like basically basically, it was, you go ahead. God's use, God was using Samson's desire Mm -hmm. to have his will worked out on the Philistines. So like it never condoned Samson's behavior because at that point in history, it was sinful for a Hebrew to marry a Philistine. But yeah, the narrator just gets in there and says, but this was so that God's will could come about. That was it. Yeah. But this was so that God's will could come Mm -hmm. about against the Mm -hmm. Philistines. And so God was like, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's praying about it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to bring about the thing you, even Mm -hmm. if, and I'm not convinced my husband didn't pray about it. I'm pretty sure he did, but (laughs) But I could totally see that. Like Uh, we picture God with a scorecard, like how much are you praying? And now you're the one with the scorecard. Oh, is he praying? And who's going to, you know, if he comes back with a different decision, then I'll probably defer to his decision. And, Mm -hmm. but should I, when, uh, you know, but God's like, look, if that, I know his desires. I know mm-hmm. how I can use him to lead your family and I'm going to do yep. it and, mm-hmm. and just keep praying. And so that was cool. That was a cool f- freedom inducing revelation. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's mm-hmm. very similar to your story. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, God, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish. God has also given us common sense, Yeah, you know, and sometimes I think, especially as women, we, make that as something like common and unspiritual. And we kind of look down on it mm-hmm. where like he might be punching numbers and saying, can we afford this move? And you might feel sort of smug, like, well, I always trust that God's going to provide for us. That's and, right. You know, like if you get two people who are, well, God's always going to take care of us. <laughs> and that could lead like, sometimes it makes sense to have at least one of the partners have, you know, a good common sense thread. So I also don't want to discount common sense, you know, as an example, if, um, you know, I read this memoir of a Christian woman and they had foster kids in their home and she discovered that her husband was being abusive 
And at that point in her time, she kind of got too passive with that. You know, it was, well, God's going to deal with this. I, you know, it's not my place. Mm. Um, I, I can't disrespect my husband by pointing this out to authorities. And now she recognizes what a big mistake that was. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's, there's also like, we're allowed to use our common sense and we're allowed to let other people use some common sense too. And that doesn't mean that it's in any way less spiritual. Yeah. One of my questions to discuss today, what that I was thinking of is, you know, is it unspiritual to make pro and con lists or to go through the common sense stuff? And, you know, God gives us the circumstances to, Mm -hmm. and he gives us a brain, you know, it's kind of, well, it's kind of like that, you know, the old joke about, the guy, you know, the flood, the guy goes to the top of the mountain to rescue him. A guy comes by on a boat (laughs) and he says, no, I don't, God's going to rescue me. And then the guy comes in a helicopter and he's like, I sent a boat and a helicopter. You know, why didn't you take them? So exactly. Common sense is okay. Not that God doesn't sometimes work contrary to common sense, but I think that's what makes for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's, I think why it makes it important to just be surrendered and to be reading Mm -hmm. God's word, to be familiar with him. And I just think that like, for me, the last, I don't know, 20 years that my husband and I have been married, the, the decisions that we've made together, mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've become less anxious when the decisions come because I just have been able to see like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? I just have, be- it, it just becomes like, um, I don't know, this might be kind of bad, but I've come to expect that it's not going to be a neon sign because it rarely Mm -hmm. is. Whenever Mm -hmm. we have decisions to make, it never seems like it's just a total yes or a total no. There are always Mm -hmm. pros and cons, and they seem to be about the same length, the lists for us. Right. And so that doesn't bother me anymore as much as it mm-hmm. used to. So I just think that as we, it doesn't mean the decision-making is easier necessarily, but I've almost come to enjoy that process of digging and like that time mm-hmm. it's like a red flag, like, okay, you've got, is your relationship with God really where it should be? Um, are mm-hmm. you talking to him? Are you recognizing his voice? And just even the process of trying to figure out what to do and, and leaning in on yeah it, it strengthens my faith and my relationship with God or brings it back when we've been coasting for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I kind of enjoy that in a way, even though it can be a little stressful. No, absolutely. I think it's kind of training ground. You can even do this with, you know, smaller decisions. Mm -hmm. Like I, I run my business. I try to run my business from a very intuitive perspective. And sometimes I, do what makes more business sense, even though there's part of me, like, this is a really silly example, but it, it drives the point home. I was about to transfer money from my PayPal account to my bank account, which I do a couple times a week. And there was something that was like, oh, I shouldn't transfer this money today. I must be like greedy or something, but there was like, there was just this quick, like, oh, I shouldn't transfer this money today. And then I was like, this is silly. Of course I'm, you know, like I, I'm, always transfer money, you know, and it ended up turning into this thing where like PayPal put the money in my bank account and then tried to withdraw double that amount the very next day. Like it was just a PayPal glitch and it all got sorted. And my bank was very good about helping. And I didn't have like extra fees associated with it or anything, but it was just a reminder. Sometimes we don't get the neon signs. And sometimes like, do I pray every day before I decide to transfer money from one account to another? No, <laughs> but if I get a check, even if it, yeah, like you said, even if it goes against common sense, if I get a check, I'm going to at least pause and not everybody, you know, kind of lives with that intuition and that discernment. And that's fine too. Like, I think some people will do, end up relying more on the discernment and the intuition. Other people are going to lean more on the common sense. And I think, you know, God knows how we were designed. Like yes. that's one prayer when I get really caught up on a decision. Cause I'm like you, I used to get very, very anxious. Like if I make the wrong decision, God's going to be mad. He's not going to bless my life. My, my life is going to fall suffer. apart and my family yeah. will suffer. Yeah. yeah. That's the thought and, process. You know, so back at that point, what helped me is I would pray like, God, you know, that I want to please you. 
And you also know that I'm very thick headed. So please either like come and give me the neon sign Mm -hmm. or just like, give me peace that it's all going to work out. And so like, that's, that's another prayer that I find useful. It's like, God, you, you know, when I'm not hearing from you, right. It's not as though God sends out a message and he's like, gee, I hope she gets this, (laughs) you know, like he knows if I haven't got it. And so sometimes I'll even pray like, God, if you need to hit me on the head with four by four, like, please do that because I would much rather have a bump on my head from being hit by a four by four than going against your will. And, and that really mm-hmm. helped me. Like it, it, it's almost as though God and I came to an agreement, which isn't exactly like the right terminology because like, I can't change who God is, but it really helped me to realize, okay, God knows that I, I might not hear from him correctly. He knows I might be stubborn. He knows that my own desires are sometimes going to compete against what he's telling me is his will. And now I'm going to trust that he knows what needs to happen to get through to me. And I think the biggest reason why that works in this case is because there's a submission behind it, right? It's not the the stubborn, well, I'm going to do this, God, until you tell me not to, like, try to stop me. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. And, and that's one thing that has given me tremendous peace. I love that. That reminds me of the, and there's this um, episode of Emily P. Freeman's podcast, The Next Right Thing that I listen to sometimes. And I caught an episode the other day. It was um, episode 213, how to make embodied decisions with uh, Dr. Hillary McBride. And she says something in there and, and about it's toward the end, like almost to the very end of the podcast episode, where they talk about this idea in Christian circles of, well, if I, do I have peace about it? If I have peace about it, then, then that was the right decision. And they challenged that idea. I thought that was an interesting, um, an interesting other facet to all of the things we've been talking about is, um, when we're making decisions, cause I, a lot of times I'll be like, well, do I have peace about it? And, and they brought up the fact that there are sometimes when God calls us to something that it's going to take us out of our comfort zone and it's going to make us feel uncomfortable and that we shouldn't always just rely on peace to, to be the litmus test because it could, there could be times when, well, I have peace about staying where I am. So like, take it back to the Alaska. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable here. Yeah, I'm comfortable here. I don't want to leave. I have peace about staying. We have a ministry. Cause I, what I, what I said to God a lot is we're involved in ministry here. This, of course, mm-hmm. why would you take us out of this? You've got us mm-hmm. entrenched in our church and like, why would you take us out of this place? I'm so I had peace about staying in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so anyway, I just thought that's another interesting thing to bring up about like, maybe not always saying, do you, and, and I'm not trying, I did, when you talked about peace, I'm not talking about the peace you're talking about that just mm-hmm. springboarded into this separate issue. Yeah. Um, but going back when I, one of the questions that they asked, they ask a series of questions that you should ask yourself when you're going through a decision. And it was like, um, I thought about one time it was when another very difficult conversation or decision that we had to make Mm -hmm. was when I was engaged to someone that's not my Mm -hmm. husband now. Mm -hmm. And we were deciding whether or not to remain engaged, whether or not to get married. And, and he did not ever. I think he probably felt he was the one that was having doubts, but he would never Mm -hmm. say, I'm not going to continue to be engaged to you. And I got counsel from, uh, from our pastor about just ask him if you were not engaged today, Mm -hmm. would ask him if he would ask you to marry him today. And if he says yes, then good. If he says no, Mm -hmm. you should break the engagement and wait and see. So we did. Mm -hmm. And I did not have, I kept telling myself before that I have peace about us staying together. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted. That's what I was praying. That's what I had been, you know, really told by a couple of people like, Oh, you know, a couple of people even said, well, God told me that you're going to be together, which again mm-hmm. is another conversation. But after that decision was made, it, I didn't have peace about the decision beforehand, mm-hmm. but what I did have was after we did the hard thing. And I said, yeah, well, then let's not be engaged right now. We need to break our engagement after that. The thing that caused me pain and still actually caused pain 
caused me like, uh, there was a level of peace. It was like a release mm-hmm. when that decision yeah. was made. So yeah. I don't know. I just think that's an interesting thing to think of is the difference between the peace that comes from God and the peace that comes from wanting to Being be comfortable. comfortable. And, and right. that's a personal decision you have to make yourself. Yeah. And not everybody recognizes the difference. Like for me, like your words were a tiny bit foreign because I, I know the difference between feeling comfortable and feeling peace. Like right. you wouldn't so, call comfort peace. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas so some of it again, like, and God knows, like maybe you don't have an intuitive bone in your body and you're feeling really bad that Jamie and I are talking about like these very nuanced things. Like, well, I don't know, like, what should I do? God knows that that's how you were designed. Right. And so he's in your, I, I feel like every Christian can and should almost come up with their own litmus test. Like I actually have it. For I the like business. that idea. I have a list of questions. If I'm stuck, I have a list of questions that I go through because my litmus test might be different, you know, either mm. subtly or drastically from yours. Some Christians will say, well, until God tells me otherwise, I'm going to stay where I am. And that's kind of their litmus test. Like that doesn't do it for me. For me, that's kind of like, well, then you just stay complacent. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But Again, God has created us so uniquely. Some of us have more intuition. Some of us have more discernment. Some of us have way more common sense. (laughs) And it's okay to use all of those things in the kind of proportion that God has given them to you. And so I would say, take what Jamie and I are saying, but then like, come, come to God and be like, okay, if, if we never give homework assignments, (laughs) To our listeners, but if like, so again, we're making history today, a homework assignment, like come up with four questions that you are going to ask yourself or to ask God before you make a major decision. Um, some of those might be, has God confirmed this to me in the Bible? Has God confirmed this to me through other believers? Have I sought counsel? Do I feel at peace? Um, you know, does it make logical sense? You know, use, use whatever kind of combination of those con- confirming factors in a way that you know God will speak to you. Yeah, and I think it's so important to emphasize that it doesn't make you less spiritual to be mm-hmm. more pragmatic. Mm-hmm. If you are more left brain mm-hmm. than right brain, then that doesn't make you a less spiritual person. And I think we make... Yeah the mistake sometimes of Mm -hmm. trying to say, if you're going to be a godly praying Christian woman, you need to Mm -hmm. be very intuitive, very emotional, very empathetic, but those are only a small subset of gifts. Exactly. If you're not built that way, like, cause Jamie and I both are, if you're not built that way, like we need you, we need you to be the person to run the church budget. We need you to be the person to decide if our church should, you know, take on a new missionary to support. We need people who can look at numbers and, and dollars and figures and common sense. And like, Mm -hmm. sadly today, we need people who know how to like deal with insurance claims. Like we need the logic side too. (laughs) So, um, good. Yeah. So I would say like, think about where you are, you know, if we're going to make it just a one dimensional spectrum, you know, the spectrum between discernment and intuition and common sense, think about where you are on that and allow the way that you ask God for confirmation to align with that. If you're totally the numbers and sense person, and you're trying to decide if you should take on a new job, then my prayer, if I were you in that case would be God, show me through the numbers that this is the way you want me to go. Does that necessarily mean that you're going to plug in the numbers and just take what's going to earn you more? No, because there are other factors as well. Um, Your, you know, your calling, your time, your energy, you know, all of that, but lean on that. Don't feel like it's got to be. And then for those of you who are like Jamie and me and are very intuitive, um, but you might be married to somebody who's the dollars and cents kind of person, like don't disdain that. Like we need that. If we didn't have the dollars and cents people and the logical people, we would be off in la la land, (laughs) you know, 95% of the time. Plus we would, we would make dumb decisions on a whim, right? We would watch the documentary on India and the very next day we'd be like, God has called me to move the family here. And we would have booked the plane tickets. And yes, some people God is going to call to that 
but he's not going to do it just because you watch something that stirred up your emotions. Do you know what I mean? Like he's going Mm -hmm. to confirm that in so many different ways. Amen. I totally get you. Yeah. That's great. No, this is, this is such an important topic. And maybe like, I know we didn't even get to like a quarter of what was in our outline. So maybe we can even, you know, continue this at other times. And if people have specific questions about the decision-making process, um, you can send those at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could turn that into a copy break episode, which Jamie and I love doing too. So send mm-hmm. us your question. Somebody, please, what was the question you said? Oh, is it ever biblical to cast lots? Your next set of listener homework is someone please send us in that question because that would be so fun to do as a, a copy Fleeces and lots. Fleeces and lots. All right. Um, let me get back to where I know what's coming up next. Oh, yeah. We have a, a fun new quiz that you may have heard of to find out about your personality. We talk about it all the time when it came up just now that we've all been designed with unique gifts and that's going to impact how we pray and It's so much more powerful when you pray in alignment with how God has made you versus when you try to pray how you think somebody is supposed to pray. So you could take our prayer quiz at prayingchristianwomen.com slash quiz. And now we will leave you with our blessing and benediction. May the Lord sustain us through sickness and the frailty of human flesh. May his grace be sufficient and his power made perfect in our weaknesses so that it will be obvious to everyone that what we have accomplished has been accomplished through Christ. While we groan inwardly, awaiting our heavenly treasure that will never perish, spoil, or fade, may the power that raised Jesus from the dead work mightily in us as we wait for the day of his glorious appearing. Our benediction is from 1 Timothy 6, 15b to 16. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.